Welcome to Burn News Current Affairs Podcast with Jeremy Deacon. Listen at your leisure on www.burnnews.com. Here with the Minister of Finance, uh, E.T. Bob Richards. Obviously, uh, the Minister has um, just delivered his uh, budget for 2016. Uh, Minister, one of the uh, big issues, of course, the big ticket issues, is, is, the, uh, is the tax. Um, the new tax regime you're, you're going to implement, uh, hopefully, in the next financial year, and of course, the implementation in the next financial year of the general services tax. First of all, I'd like to ask about the um, the progressive tax, that um, or, or, or the idea to make the payroll tax structure more progressive. Now, generally speaking, that means, in my experience, the rich get taxed more and the poor gets taxed less. Yeah, that's what progressive means. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. presumably, this has always been a rather difficult subject. Um, because generally speaking, the, the, the higher uh, earners tend to be the CEOs, the CFOs, the job creators. Um, is there a risk that you think by doing this you actually might upset people? You might upset IB? You might scare them off? No, I mean, the, the critical error made by the former government in trying to raise taxes on payroll was there was no consultation with international business mm-hmm. in particular. Now, what I have been at pains to do in this budget statement and in the consultation process and as it relates to the fiscal responsibility panel, one of the reasons that we thought uh, over a year ago that the fiscal responsibility panel was a good idea is to highlight the critical need um, to really aggressively attack the deficit Mm -hmm. and debt reduction and to point out the the options that government had to make that happen. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think I had a pretty good idea what needed to be done from the get-go. But um, as always, um, it's always good to have independent experts weigh in, do their own analysis, and come up with an answer um, uh, in terms of what your options are. FRP did that. They also consulted widely with the same IB executives. Mm -hmm. They didn't just sit in an office here and just, you know, run some numbers and come up with the answers. They consulted widely with business. So um, the reason that any action like this would be acceptable would be because everybody is clearly aware of what the issues are, what the problems are, what the options are. And the other thing that I think that needs to be made clear to the public on this is that the fate of the government in terms of rating agencies is directly linked to the fate of IB companies that are incorporated, managed, and regulated in Bermuda, right? Mm -hmm. Um, There is a rule in credit, lots of rules in credit markets, but in terms of rating, there is an international rule in rating. That is, a company cannot have a higher rating than the country in which 
it is located. Mm -hmm. So, all those IB companies are incorporated, managed, and regulated in Bermuda. Um, their credit rating mm. is linked to the governments. Sure. And so, if the government gets downgraded from an investment grade rating to a non-investment grade rating, doesn't matter how many billions they have, they will get downgraded too. And that choice will be, they're going to have to make a choice to either get downgraded with the Bermuda government or leave Bermuda to someplace else that's got a better credit rating. Absolutely. So everybody understands that. And so when we went to talk to IB about the needs of the government to fix its deficit problem, they were on board. They understood what the situation. So, the question of understanding it is fine. I'm sure they understand the situation. Understanding it and be willing to pay it is two different things. Do you think it might drive a lot of wealth overseas? No, because these guys aren't no, safe. No, no, absolutely not. That so, you know, what I'm 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 laying out for you and the listening public here. What the context and framing of all this is. Yep. The the framing and the context of it is more important than the than than the actions themselves. Okay. Because once you understand the framing. The problem solves itself, right? So it's no question that international business executives understand uh, the needs of the government, and they want to be here, and they want to help, right? Um, That's the feedback you've got. They, they, they're not interested in redomiciling. They're quite no, happy to pay no, extra payroll they, you tax. Know, they are in a sweet spot in Bermuda, okay? They know that, and uh, we want them to continue to think that. We work like we we move mountains, all of us, including them, to get solvency to equivalents uh, for them yeah. and for Bermuda. So um, they want to be here, so they want to be part of the solution. So that's the reason why this consultation will work. Right, because a lot uh, of these companies actually pay the payroll tax with their staff. The staff that a actually, lot of them do. So do it's, that. it's a that's huge, right. it's potentially a massive bonus on them. But Increasing you know, the cost of labor the, them significantly. We're looking at restructuring, and I can't, you know, give details of what that might look like at this point because we're still discussing it. Yeah, I understand. Right? Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of different options of how to approach this, and uh, we are still um, talking to them. And, you know, what's unprecedented here is that between the government and international business, we are jointly running numbers. When I, when I use the word, I think, in the, in the speech, that we are modeling this, that's what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we are running numbers to see what the impact of various options is going to have on the government and on international business. So you're Unprecedented. So you're confident that despite the predicted possible rise in, in labor costs, that they'll stay here and they will keep the number of employees that they have now? Yes. Payroll tax, uh, you put it up by 1%, at least for the next uh, next 12 months. There's been obviously a lot of discussion about that, um, a lot of stuff written about it. Um, Nathan Kowalski was, was quite uh, forthright, and he said raising the cost of labor simply makes labor less attractive as a product productive input. Um, couple that with a rise in HIP and social insurance last year. Are you, are you rather concerned that it might put people off actually employing people or even go to the other extent and scaling back? I think that um, there's always a risk of that. Um, but uh, again, you have to weigh your options. 
it's okay, and I said this to Nathan uh, at, at the breakfast uh, on Monday, you know, I accept what you say, it, it's sound economic theory, but in the world that I live in, at, in this office, we have to do something, and um, there's no perfect solution. Uh, we came into uh, government with the government finances in tatters, hmm. the Bermuda economy in tatters. So um, there's never going to be a, a, a perfect solution. Um, if somebody has a perfect solution, I'd like to hear it. I'd <laughs> um, so, be quite happy to take it. Um, but um, uh, so the options are not perfect, but I think what we're doing here, particularly payroll tax for the next year as an interim step, um, before we get a model that everybody can live with, uh, that will meet the needs of the government, that uh, the business community community can tolerate, uh, that will have the uh, feature in it where lower in income people will pay less taxes than higher income people uh, to to for the first time institute some fairness in that structure. You know, I think this can be done, and we're working on ways and doing all those things. Come an optimal I, solution, I, not perfect, optimal. I, I understand that perfectly, but you've got a year where. Uh, you're going to have hip costs go up, like you say, social insurance costs go up and payroll tax go up. The, the economy, it seems to me, the recovery in the economy, it seems to me, is quite nascent still. I know you're predicting, say, between a 2 and 3% increase for next year in growth. Aren't you in danger of stifling that growth? There? I know you've got a tight road to walk. Is that, is that a gamble you're prepared to take? It's not what? a gamble at all. So you still uh, think there'll be economic growth? Yes. In the region of 2 to 3%? There's economic growth now, and we are on the eve of putting uh, major infrastructure projects in motion uh, on the eve of two hotels getting um, uh, the financing um, perfected and the project starting. So all that, that'll be that'll be probably you know this quarter um, and those projects will start shortly thereafter and um, so we are going to more than compensate for the drag that increase in taxes. And let's face it, it's not a huge increase in tax, right? Well, people uh, are saying in real terms about 7%. I don't know where they got that from, right? Uh, um, that, that, uh, I just don't know where that comes okay. from. I wouldn't give any credence to that. Um, it's not a big tax increase, um, at least this year, not a big tax increase. And um, uh, so, uh, we are going to more than compensate for that from from infrastructure projects and just the general momentum that the, that the, that the economy already has on its own. Uh, you know, it was very clear to me um, when we became the government in January 2013 that we couldn't achieve um, uh, the, the elimination of the deficit without doing something on the revenue side. Um, but the state of the economy was such that it was unthinkable. Um, and, but now we've gotten ourselves to a situation where we, ha where we can do it, and we have to do it. Just getting off the, off the, off the subject a little bit, I want to come back to tax, obviously, when I talk about the GST. Uh, Your favorite subject. My favorite subject. Uh, not just mine. Um, <laughs> you talk about economic growth. There was a very telling, I thought, uh, statement in the, in the budget where a lot of this, you said, was down to the oil price crash. Um, are you still? Have you any idea what Bermuda's economy like, might have been like, or how much the oil price crash contributed to the to the rate of GDP? 
Because if it starts going up again, I, I mean, it's possible. I, yeah, I don't know um, the extent, but I knew it's, it has had a, an impact. Um, it's had an impact on uh, in people's, you know, people's monthly bills, yeah. um, particularly uh, on the Belco side, uh, but also the price of the pump. And you know, it factors into you know energy factors into factors in the cost of everything. Mm. Um, so it's been we've, we've benefited from it. Um, I do not see um, the price of energy uh, rebounding um, this year. Um, and you know, further out, you predict the more you walk the plank. I don't think it's gonna. You know, there, there, there doesn't seem to be any prospect of, of the oil glut going away anytime soon. There isn't a prospect of the oil glut going away, it's probably the prospect of the smaller oil producing nations going bankrupt, but that's another issue altogether. Mm -hmm. They can't pay off their debts. See, in, in a sense, to the layman, it might look like a bit of a gamble then. You, you're expecting all these infrastructure projects to take place. You, you think the oil prices are going to stay low, therefore you think you can actually put the increased payroll tax, plus the other related duties and excise rises, plus HIP and the social insurance. I wouldn't give any credence to that word gamble, any. Why not? Because the nature of financial management is that you have to plan for the future. Uh -huh. You have to look into the fog of the future. It's the nature of financial planning and financial management. It's all about the future, okay? Um, and, um, and there are uncertainties, but that doesn't mean that you're gambling. I mean, if you get up and you, um, come to work in the morning, it's on the assumption that you can get from your house to here without getting killed in a traffic accident. Is that a gamble? No, of course no, not. No, of course not. Exactly. But so, is, is so no, no, I am going to stick you on this. <laughs> right? So I will not accept that word gambling. Fine. What we're doing is to plan and to forecast. That's what we're doing. We're doing financial management. Mm -hmm. uh, everybody in business does it. Sure. And even people in the daily lives do it. So we're not we're not gambling; we're just managing. Fine. But point taken. I, I mean, it's just conversations that I've had with other people, and I, I did stress. It's yeah, very often people use words very like loosely, I, I, and I, I don't subscribe to that. No, that's absolutely fine. I did, I did make a point <laughs> saying the layman might think that. Mm. Um, is uh, going back to the to the, uh, to, to the to the to the tax rises. Um, there is there is a. I, I read a lot on social media. I have I have to be on there a lot of the time. Uh, obviously, I talk to my my my, uh, my friends, my colleagues. There is a sense, and I, I think um, Bill Zool actually uh, wrote it in one of his columns, that uh, the private sector employers and employees being asked to shoulder more of the burden. Um, is, is that is that a correct thing to say that the private sector is sharing more of the burden? Well, all government finances come from the private sector. Mm. Uh, without the private sector, government there would be no government. Um, What's happening here is that the government has overspent itself for a decade uh, to the tune of, you know, almost two billion dollars. Um, there has to be a day of reckoning. Um, we have a choice to gradually work the deficit down by managing costs and making adjustments in revenues, or we can cut the size of the government in half and fire all those people. 
Now, larger countries have been known to do that. Mm -hmm. um, but in Bermuda, I don't believe that that's a practicable option. Why not? These, people, these people aren't going anywhere, right? They can't go to the next town, the next city, the next state, mm -hmm. or the next province to find a job. They're going to be right here outside the government administration building the next day. So, um, you know, you hear all this stuff about, you know, oh, why can't we, you know, do something about the cost of government? Yeah, we've done a lot about the cost of government so far. Um, but as I pointed out to my friend Nathan on Monday, the key quote from the fiscal responsibility panel was that if you take salaries and wages, if you take grants and contributions, and you take debt service, it comprises 85% of the cost of running the government. Mm -hmm. So um, in order to make a big impact on the cost of government, you either have to default in your debt, mm -hmm. in which case all bets are off, or you can have to do some major uh, reductions in staff. And, um, you know, we have reduced the staff in government by... And the, re the, the number I've been using, 225, but that's out of date because that just goes to August last year. And I think that we have reduced the size of government even further since then. Right. Um, because, you know, we've had the hiring freeze and I continue to have these fights with my colleagues about mm. uh, replacing people who have left. And, um, and, and we have had some success there. So we have reduced the size of government and we've reduced the cost of government. But... The, the fiction is that we have this infinite ability to cut back the size of the government, like a company can, mm -hmm. right? And a company can do that, but the government has restrictions on its ability to do that. I understand. You've been at rock and a hard place. We make people unemployed. The private sector can't necessarily soak up the numbers. But it is a fact that the private sector has lost something in the region of 3,500 jobs. I think you made that, I think it was that figure you quoted in your last budget. Yep. Where you said there'd be not one redundancy in, in government, but private sector has lost 3,500 jobs. Mm. And it comes back to my point. Do you think the private sector has taken the brunt? I think is, everybody's is, taken the brunt. I mean, I would, you know, I, I, uh, I think that... Um, um, the private sector is taking the brunt, um, and you know we're basically um, paying the price for for um, for um, very poor and irresponsible management of the past. They're not taking the, they're taking the brunt, yes, but they're not taking the brunt because of decisions that we've made. They're taking the brunt of decisions that were made in the past. But it is a decision you made, but I understand it's, it's, it's yeah, caused these, by these, the are, these are chickens that are coming home to roost. Mm. That's what these are. Again, I, I don't want to lose track of the tax thing, but um, it does come down then perhaps to job creation as well. And again, Nathan and um, made this remark, uh, higher payroll tax is one concern. He also spoke of a lack of diversification with the economy. Now, I do, you do give two lines to that uh, in the budget, and I think you mentioned Canadian e-commerce. And I think, I haven't got my notes to hand, but I think it was a concentration of marine life sciences, was it? Um, those are things that, uh, those are things that BDA are, 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 are looking into. But yes. it, you, can't, you say you can't make redundancies because there's nowhere for people to go. I totally understand that. 
isn't there then a need, or hasn't there then been a need, a greater need than ever before, to diversify the economy? Um, this is a great hobby horse of people who I think um, aren't looking at this whole thing very closely with, um, with a depth of understanding. The point that I made at the, um, at the budget breakfast was that the secret to Bermuda's success has been that our industries in Bermuda, the successful ones, have come from private sector entrepreneurs and business people. Nobody sat in this office before my time, before your time. Nobody sat in the Premier's office or any office in government and said, let us be in the tourism business. Nobody said that. No. Nobody said in this office or any office, you know, let us be in the captive insurance business. Let us have a reinsurance market, right? Let us bring in insurance brokers. Let us do all this sort of stuff. These things came to Bermuda from business people who saw an opportunity. Mm -hmm. Under this government, we say that those opportunities and that entrepreneurial idea, going from an idea to a reality, comes from the private sector. Yeah. It'll never be generated in government, right? And that's what diversification is. Because if a government decides we're going to be you know, in the business, for take, take a ridiculous um, scenario, we're going to be in the business of making cars, right? Hey, that's diversification. But, you know, can it be competitive? So the, the idea that the government diversifies the economy, I think, is wrong. I agree with um, you, but there's a flip side to that. Obviously. The diversification has got to come from um, entrepreneurs and um, people who want to risk their capital in doing that. Um, so there's, there's um, the, the, the other thing with diversification is that Bermuda, by its very nature, will always be undiversified, okay? Always be undiversified. It, it's just the nature of the beast. We have to do what we do better than everybody else. Okay, there's, right. there's two issues that arise from that. The first is that, okay, government doesn't create the diversification, but government does create the framework that encourages diversification. We can, yes, and we have. You've done it a lot with the ILSEs and the hedge funds, exactly. the IP, et cetera. But see, et those ideas didn't come from government. No, I know, but right. you facilitated them, so you yeah, created the framework. People that came to, to us and said, look, the same, got, same with tourism. That's right, they came to us and said, look, this is something that we think is a good idea for Bermuda. Yeah. So you say, well, what is it you want us to do? And they said, well, we need to change a few laws here, there, and the other way, and, and we do it. That, exactly. Right. So you can set the framework. So are you working with the BDA or any other private companies, private investors, to alter the framework that makes it easier to set up alternative We businesses? are working with the BDA. We fund the BDA. Um, and I know they're working very hard at looking at various and sundry things that um, we can be doing. Um, so if, if we go back to the marine-related sciences, what, what framework are you encouraging? There? I don't know. What about the Canadian e-commerce? Uh, well, you know, we ha now have a treaty, a, a TIA, with Canada. And um, the, uh, that's a fairly recent uh, development. So there are many business opportunities that can arise out of that TIA that we now have with Canada. 
and uh, we're looking to be uh, to, to further develop our business with Canada on a number of different fronts. That e-commerce thing is just one of them. Actually, we've had e-commerce business with Canada for years um, on a much smaller level. <coughs> um, but you know, traditionally, Bermuda's had this relationship with Canada, mm -hmm. this uh, historic relationship with Canada. And so the, uh, the idea is, let's say, now that we have a tax framework that is advantageous to both of our uh, in, in respective countries, uh, let's see what we can do with it. Just, just going back to diversification, you, I, I know you say it's very difficult for Bermuda to do that, given, given the nature of, of, of the country, but um, is it something you would like to see personally? Um, I think diversification and new business opportunities will present themselves to Bermuda if Bermuda continues to be a good place in which to do business. I'm not concerned about um, um, we have a, a ministry, the, um, um, the development, the economic development ministry, who is more um, tasked to look at those sorts of things. Um, my responsibility lies with um, providing the platform that is good for business to flourish and the business people themselves are going to have to bring the ideas to the table and those ideas essentially come to the business, the economic development mm -hmm. minister and, um, and if it's something government has to do um, then we decide whether or not we're going to do it this America's Cup is a, a classic idea, a classic case, an example of that. And somebody brought that idea, and quite frankly, I think at first, we didn't think we had a snowball's chance in hell. Mm. Um, and, but as things worked out, we saw that there was a glimmer of hope. And, uh, you know, originally we thought that the best we could do was to get what we had in October, mm. to get one of those World Series. Um, events here, and th that, as you know, that was spectacularly successful for a small event. Oh, right? incredible! <coughs> yeah. uh, the ACs, really that's, that, that's the kind of thing that I mean. Um, is that you know we uh, set ourselves up here as a, as a, a place that has the infrastructure and the legal structure, which I cannot overemphasize. I, I didn't give it any space in the, in the budget speech. But one of the reasons that Bermuda is so attractive to people to do business in Bermuda is that we have a legal structure that is dependable and independent of politicians. Absolutely. Right? And that's one of the and, huge uh, It's a huge advantage that yeah. most people don't uh, sort of, uh, as a box that, box that observers don't check, but people in business, business know Absolutely, about Absolutely, yeah. Right? yeah. Mm -hmm. um, sorry, let's go back. The, the America's Cup is actually a great example, I'm glad you brought that up, of, of where you can create a framework that makes sure the uh, America's Cup leaves a lasting legacy. Yeah. yeah. So that's an opportunity to diversify. Yeah, I, you know, I think we are hoping and planning and trying uh, to have the America's Cup uh, event kind of be a almost restart button for tourism in Bermuda. But it, mm. probably, you're probably the wrong minister to ask in this one, yeah. but is it just tourism or should it be sailing-related products? Well, I include that in tourism, um, you know, as a, as, a, as a place for a very high-end tourism. You know, 
we all know that Bermuda's expensive. And um, so the segment of the market that we can be um, effective in will have to be at the higher end anyway. And the, the beauty of America's Cup is that it, it's going to have people um, discover Bermuda. I, I tell you, the greatest thing that we have is that if you can get somebody to come here, they'll say, wow, I never thought. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, everybody, everybody lives in Bermuda knows people that that's happened to. He said, I never thought it was going to be like this. So if you can get people to come here for the first time, you know, we can hook them. And so we get guys who come here have super yachts, mm-hmm. right, yep. to come here. And for the first time, I'll get those super yachts to come here for the first time. You know, we can sort of restart tourism in Bermuda. Hopefully they'll bring an IT company. In, in the, in, and I mean tourism in the, in, in, the, in the broadest sense. So I think that um, it's a really important event for us, and we have to make sure we do it as, as well as we possibly can. Just you mentioned is my favourite subject, um, general services tax. Can you can you be a bit more specific um, for those who, like me, really, who don't quite understand how it works? Well, in the first place, I thought you you know got yourself really excited about it um, <laughs> as Friday unnecessarily because I believe, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, that any the business that you may have. Um, would fall into the area of small business, well, which are exempt, right? But uh, it's, a, it's the definition of small business. I think that's what well, a lot of people... Uh, uh, we have a lot of it. definitions of small businesses in government already, and we'll use those <clears throat> as guides. Um, but um, uh, so, I, I, you know, it seemed to me that you were concerned about yourself and uh, well, you probably... It was concerned about small businesses, right. really, and, uh, but it, because it, it the definition was like... Very it was clearly stated in the budget statement that it would not um, apply to small business. Um, and, uh, you know, well, 90, it, 90% small, of local businesses in small. Bermuda are small. Yeah. So uh, we have our own definition of small business. So, is it, so uh, definitely small business, then, will that be number of employees? Will that be turnover? No, we're working on those details. I, I don't have details for you. At the moment, and we are also um, uh, we our approach to this will be very similar to the approach that we had in um, uh, the payroll tax. Uh, that uh, we'll be engaged in a consultation, and we'll run the numbers, and uh, we'll get an arrangement that will work for that will be optimal. It won't be perfect. So take, the perfect take solution is when you know you don't have to pay any taxes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Just, just so, just use a just use a, a basic analogy. Um, I charge you a thousand dollars for a service I provided for you. Am I going to pay five percent on that, or will you pay five percent on that? I presume you'll add it onto the bill. So it's, it's going to be the service provider that adds it onto the bill. Yeah. So it's going to cut into people's margins that way. No, when you look, when you just take yourself to New York City, you pay a sales tax, right? Uh, it doesn't add, it doesn't it doesn't affect your margin. Right. The customer pays for the it. Customer pays for it. Yeah. Okay. So there's a possibility that it could make that service more unattractive. It can make that service more expensive yeah. and unattractive. Yeah, perhaps. Um, you say it's will gonna it will happen. Um, you mentioned he's starting a consultation. Uh, how how much uh, further will your consultation last? How much longer will it last? Because obviously with something like this, you've got to have it in place. Uh, all the eyes. Cross and uh, uh, dotted and, and the uh, the T's crossed sometime before 
March 31st next year. When do you actually expect to be able to say this is what's going to happen? Well, I'm hoping um, to have to be able to tell Bermuda what we're going to do long before the next budget. Um, and, um, uh, you know, we don't want to be preparing the next budget next year and still be um, at sixes and sevens as it relates to how these things are going to work. So we are going to be very active in the next um, couple of quarters so that we can, see, we can try to nail these things down. Um, just, we, we touched on this a little bit uh, so far in the interview, but we, we, we did talk about it needs to be discussed a little bit more, I think, in terms of government expenditure. Um, you, you, you touch on it in the budget, because um, we talked about, obviously, the press conference, the 15% target, three-year target wasn't met, 7.4%, and you say moving forward it's clear the government must revise its approach in order to implement further savings, uh, either way increase efficiencies through reforms or the way departments are structured. Um, again, I, I just want to ask, can you just be a bit more specific uh, about the kind of things you're looking at there? We've been working on public service reform uh, ever since the Sage Commission, basically. And, uh, you know, my personal view is it's been extraordinarily difficult, slow, and frustrating. Um, but we're still working at it uh, and working with um, our friends in the civil service to try to get um, the government more efficient. Um, and you know, it, 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 to some extent, it's a it's, it's, it's an issue of corporate culture, mm -hmm. and that's a very difficult thing to change. Any executive will tell you that. Change management is very yeah, difficult. Yeah, corporate culture is a really difficult thing to change, and you know, we are trying to do that, uh, and we're trying to do that within the context of um, working with <coughs> the public service um, to see that this has to be done. Uh, can you be, be specific on anything particular that you're looking at? I mean, you say uh, the way part departments are structured. Are, are you looking at completely restructuring departments? Oh, we actually departments? restructure departments fairly regularly in government. Um, um, but, I mean, <laughs> sometimes we get proposals to restructure a government, restructure a couple, you know, either restructure a department or to, to merge two departments. And, and, and it, it comes to us and, and we say, well, you know, you, you've got these boxes with lines connected to them, and they've been moved all around. And we say, well, you know, it's the same number of people. <laughs> you know, what's the point? Yeah. Uh, so you get a lot of that. And um, so, you know, you get a lot of heat and no light. And um, so, um, again, I think the key thing here is to... Um, um, to increase the accountability within government. I know that uh, in, in, in lengthy conversations I've had with people in the private sector, both local companies and international companies, um, their, 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 their chief complaint is not so much the taxes. Their complaint is that they don't want to be paying any more taxes. and have it be wasted inside the government, inside well, the, inside the bureaucracy. You know, that is the, the, the connection between the taxes and the efficiency and mm. accountability is 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 crucial. I, I think so, that comes back to you know to when people say that the public sector seems to be taking the burden. I think that's basically what they're saying as well. 
mean the, the private, private sector? Yeah, yeah. Problem, yeah. Well, um, I think that um, uh, we ultimately the private sector always takes a burden um, because you know if the public sector in this limited context took the quote-unquote burden, what that would mean is that we would have fired a bunch of folks. And then where would that burden be? Yeah, back on government with social assistance, financial assistance. Exactly, and, and then back on the taxpayer. But I agree, so we're kind of so, going so, in circles. Exactly, it is a circular <laughs> equation. So, <laughs> you know, you, you hear these people say these things, but, uh, you know, you have to think that through to its conclusion. And um, so you, you have, people have sort of trite and um, unthought through um, statements. But when you look at it, you say, well, you know, well, the, the private sector has, has shouldered all the burden. Certainly the private sector has had more people being fired and people being unemployed. There's no question about that. Um, uh, but our job is to get the deficit down to zero, start paying off the debt, with the with minimal disruption in people's lives, sure, that's yeah, the key. In, in terms of the spending targets, you, you didn't uh, you didn't meet them. You came almost halfway. Do you have uh, and you set yourself a three year target? Have you set yourself another target? No, we're still working towards those targets. Now, um, it's um, we, we clearly in terms of the MTEF. I think that's what you're talking mm -hmm. about. We're we're, we're 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 behind the curve on that one. Mm. Um, <clears throat> I think that um, we have to see what the restructuring and uh, and uh, uh, retooling inside government yields. So, do you have uh, a timeline for that? Um, no, I don't have a timeline for it. Um, but I think that we have to be um, we ha we have to do it as soon as possible. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can't let you go without asking questions about the airport. Uh, I'm not going to go into everything that's been said before because it's all out there in the public domain. But there's, there's one question that, um, that um, seems to be one answer that seems to be missing to me is: Is there a business plan for this airport? Of course. So, are you thinking of releasing that to the public? Well, we are working through the economics of it now. Uh, this is this is I, I grant. And I said this last night to some colleagues that this whole model is so unfamiliar to Bermudians. It's never been done before in Bermuda. It was unfamiliar to me. The PPP uh, model? Uh, yeah. Well, it's been done with the hospital. This, no, it's, it's not the same model as the hospital. In the hospital, the government is on the hook for interest payments. Okay? Yeah. Okay. The airport, the government's not on hook for any of those things. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, so it is not the same. Um, so um, so we have a development project that is very different, uh, different from anything that anybody in Bermuda has seen. So it's, the familiarity factor uh, forms, a, a, if you like, or the lack of familiarity, forms a, a huge hurdle for people to get over. Um, but of course there has to be a business model. If there was no business model, we would not be able to get finance. Okay. How can you get finance without a business well, model? Well, I agree. Right. But I wanted to ask the question to make sure it was out there. Yeah. What does a business model show, a business plan show? Well, when we get all the economics nailed down, then we'll have something to go to the markets with. And at that point, um, you know, it'll be clear what the business model is. But I have given the 
essentials, you know, the, the essential pieces of that business model has been fully revealed to the Bermudian public. What the actual numbers are inside each one of those boxes is uh, a work in process. Because so, to many people, and you, you just have to look at the comments every time a story goes on, on a website about, about, about the airport, to many people it, it's the fact that there's so many questions to be answered that stops them giving them any unqualified support for this. Well, I, I don't think that's true. I think what we have here with this airport is that we have what the government is doing and saying on over here on one hand, and we have the opposition who are hell-bent to stop it, right? And have, have engaged in a, a wholesale program of misinformation uh, to confuse the public of Bermuda. Now, if, if it was based on a subject that everybody had a, like, a familiarity with already, the average Joe will be able to sort out the nonsense from the sense. But because we have a process that is unfamiliar to people, mm. right, it's hard for them to figure out the nonsense from the sense. And that's why you have uh, a lot of people who don't get it, because it is being done in the face of a, a, a group of people for whom the last thing they want to see is that at the next election, the government of Bermuda has two to three hundred people working on there at the airport. I get the politics of it. I'm just going to take a step back from it a little bit. Well, you can't. You can't separate the two because the misinformation has been huge. Well, you, you can't. Huge. Se you can't separate the two because you can see the political side of it, and, and you know you said the misinformation. No, we're talking about. Better. We're talking I want to about look at the business side and yeah, say, no, no, is, I, is a two hundred and fifty million dollar airport justifiable? in terms of passenger numbers, in terms of interest rates, et cetera, et cetera. Well, the, That's the nitty-gritty to me. The market will make that determination, won't it? I don't know. You tell me, Minister. I well, don't yeah. know. The because you, at the moment, the price tag yeah. seems to be in the region of $250 the, million, the, but the there hasn't been a justifiable case that I've seen that says we need a $250 million airport because we're going to get 300,000 passengers coming through, for instance. No, the market will make that. The, the, the beauty of this is the market will make that determination. Okay, so the market then says a, you don't a, need a 250 million airport, you need no, a 50 no, million dollar The market airport. will say whether or not we can afford, uh, based on the traffic, the costs, and all those things, the market will determine whether or not this is doable. Okay, right? and, if, and if the market says no? Then the project can't go ahead. Full stop. Yeah. So uh, you, must have, you must then be confident that there is a business case for this and that they will raise $250 million. Yeah, I'm, I'm confident. Yeah. I mean, you know, look, the, the, the um, Bermuda, this is something that Bermuda needs. The former government determined that it's something Bermuda needs, and, and we agree. I don't think there's any question about that. Uh, no, but there's a lot of people who question that. Well, look, okay. you say that, but so, it, so I think it's, again, it comes down to the fact that there's not enough information out there for people to make an informed decision on, such as the forecasts. Such as, could we fix the airport with 50 million? These are very technical points, and is not the kind of technical points that, quite frankly, um, the, the 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 public have the ability to really make an expert um, judgment on. Okay, um, it, the the issue here is that we have, you know, if the government of Bermuda was just simply borrowing the money and building an airport, 
it'll be a lot easier for the public to understand because we've done that umpteen times, okay? And if it comes out wrong, well then, of course, you know, there'll be another hundred million on top of that, which is, has been the, the thing in the past. Now, what we are trying to do here is to constrain, I mean, there's never been, Jeremy, there's never been a project in Bermuda where, where we have offloaded the risk of a project like this. Again, Never. I agree. And so it comes back to perhaps there needs to be more information out there in the public domain, such as the questions I've asked and the answers you've given, so that people can make a more informed decision. Because it's, it's never happened, so it's created so much uncertainty. You know, it should be the other way around, because <laughs> we have never had a project where we've had um, the government of another country guarantee performance. Right? Mm. Never happened before. No, I know. Okay? Yeah. So people say, well, I am on rest easy here because I know this is not going to sort, of, sort of spin out of control, become another Barclay Institute, another Heritage War, and another Lewis Brian Evans That's a possibility. Right? Yeah. One, one last question. Um, we're on, this, we're on the uh, subject of infrastructure projects. I mm. noticed in the budget you listed economic stimulus infrastructure plans for the next five years. A lot of them are tourism and a lot of them are private investment, but you do put down there the Causeway Bridge at $100 million and the mm. Swing Bridge at $20 million. Yeah. Um, how will that work? Is that, is, that a, is that a forecast or something more in Well, we certainly concrete? We, we know that we need to fix the Swing Bridge. And right? the Causeway, yeah. And I, I, I put $20 million there. It may cost a lot less. Right? Um, and I, I expect with the Swing Bridge, it, the, the, the issues. The problems are small enough for the government to be able to do it within its uh, capital budget. Right. Um, the the causeway, you know, don't take a rocket scientist to figure out we need a new no. uh, uh, crossing there, mm. a viaduct if you like. Um, how we finance that is something that we're working on. Right. right? Uh, we don't know, quite frankly, as, as I sit here, I don't know how I'm going to finance that. If I knew how I was going to finance that, We'd be doing it. So this, 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 this infrastructure plan for the next five years is not set in stone? Oh, no. No, no it's not, okay. not at all. But that's, you know, those are the possibilities. Some of them, as we know, are underway already, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And, and, and many, most of them, most of, most of the money there is uh, private sector funded stuff anyway. Okay, Minister, thank you very much for the time. Yeah. Thank you for tuning in to Burn News Current Affairs Podcast with Jeremy Deacon. Listen at your leisure on www.burnnews.com, your 24-7 Bermuda news source.